Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of First Samuel. Hello, faithful listeners, and welcome to the Bible Explained podcast. We're in 1 Samuel chapter 3 this morning. We're going to talk about the very famous portion of scripture where little Samuel encounters God and possibly actually Jesus specifically. So let's talk about this this morning. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. as usual. Please feel free to pause the podcast to go grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea. And also the version of scripture that you prefer to read out of. And then after that, let's jump right into 1 Samuel chapter 3. The child Samuel ministered to Yahweh before Eli. Yahweh's word was rare in those days. There were not many visions then. At that time, when Eli was laid down in his place, now his eyes had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, and God's lamp hadn't yet gone out, and Samuel had laid down in Yahweh's temple where God's ark was, Yahweh called Samuel. He said, Here I am. He ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He said, I didn't call. Lie down again. He went and lay down. Yahweh called yet again, Samuel. Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I didn't call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel didn't yet know Yahweh. Neither was Yahweh's word yet revealed to him. Yahweh called Samuel again the third time. He arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Eli perceived that Yahweh had called the child. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down. It shall be if he calls you that you shall say, Speak, Yahweh, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Yahweh came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Yahweh said to Samuel, Behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. In that day, I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from the beginning, even to the end. For I've told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity, which he knew because his sons brought a curse on themselves and he didn't restrain them. Therefore, I have sworn to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be removed with sacrifice or offering forever. Samuel lay until the morning and opened the doors of Yahweh's house. Samuel was afraid to show Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. He said, Here I am. He said, What is the thing that he has spoken to you? Please don't hide it from me. God do so to you, and more also, if you hide anything from me of all the things that he has spoken to you. Samuel told him every bit and hid nothing from him. He said, It is Yahweh. Let him do what seems good to him. Samuel grew, and Yahweh was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. All of Israel, from Dan even to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established to be a prophet of Yahweh. Yahweh appeared again in Shiloh, for Yahweh revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by Yahweh's word. So verse 1, once again, mentions how good of a worker Samuel was. It says, the child Samuel ministered to Yahweh before Eli. And I'm pretty sure that every single time Samuel's name is mentioned, 
in the past couple chapters, it basically repeats the same thing. Samuel ministered to Yahweh or Samuel served Yahweh, something along those lines. So this means that Samuel was just a good little worker and he was still a child at this point because it mentions that he was a child several times, even in this chapter. So he was still a child and yet he was a good worker. He was a better worker than Eli's own sons is actually what it said in the last chapter. So Samuel, even though he was very young, we don't know how young he could have been like nine years old. I think a lot of people like to say that he was 12 years old because that's when, you know, traditionally Jewish boys started becoming men and would start taking on, you know, more responsibilities. But we don't know how old he is. It just says that he is still a child. But moving on in verse one, it says that Yahweh's word was rare in those days and there were not many visions then. So why would Yahweh's word be rare? And why would there be very few visions? Probably because there was a lack of faith at this time period. This reminds me of a story from the New Testament where Jesus went back to his hometown, Nazareth, and the faith in that city, Nazareth, was so weak that Jesus actually couldn't perform any miracles. And so all Jesus could do was lay his hands on a few people to heal them. And then other times in scripture, we see Jesus healing people and saying it was the faith that healed the person. So when faith is more active, we see God moving a lot more. And when faith is weak, like I would argue it is here in America, we see God moving a lot less. Here in America, we have the Old Testament, we have the New Testament, we have all of God's words. And we have it like at our fingertips. We can download an app from the app store that gives us the entire Bible for free. Okay. And then you have, of course, podcasts like mine and others where you can hear the Bible at any point in time that you want to listen to it. But yet faith in God here in America has never been weaker. And the same kind of went for Israel. You know, Israel had access to God. They had access to the temple. They had access to the priests. They had access to the Old Testament, and yet they rejected it. So their faith was very weak. So why would God reveal himself to a people who do not want him, who have fully rejected him, even though they have all the tools that they need in order to come close to him? So it says, there were not many visions in those days, and God's word did not come very often. It was rare. However, because Samuel was a faithful little servant, God decides to reveal himself to Samuel. So it says in verse two that at that time, Eli laid down to go to sleep. And it says that his eyes also began to grow dim so that he could not see. In other words, he was going blind. So that probably means that several years have passed since the end of chapter two. And you guys remember what happened in chapter two. A prophet actually came to Eli and this prophet was like, hey, Eli, you know, because your sons are so terrible and because you've done nothing to restrain your sons, he's going to cut off your entire priestly line. He's going to uh, give it to somebody else and it's not going to be a good day for you. Your sons are going to die. And Eli was basically like, oh, OK, cool. As you can see and as we're going to see moving forward into the story a little bit more, it really doesn't seem like Eli cared about the fate of his sons. Maybe he did a little bit, but it really doesn't seem that way. But nonetheless, moving forward into the story. So it says that Eli was going blind in verse two. And it also says that it was late at night. 
and Samuel had laid down in Yahweh's temple where God's ark was. So I don't think this means that Samuel is in like the inner room of the temple, but he was in the temple somewhere lying down to sleep. So then Yahweh called Samuel. And so Samuel answers, here I am. And he doesn't realize that it's Yahweh speaking to him. He thinks that it's Eli. And it's important to note that Eli was blind because this is probably why Samuel thought Eli was calling him because Samuel would have to help Eli up and down and all sorts of stuff. So maybe it was common for Eli to call Samuel in the middle of the night because maybe he had to go to the bathroom and stuff. I don't know. And Samuel would have to lead him. Don't know, but Samuel thinks that Eli is calling him, even though it is Yahweh calling him. So Samuel's like, here I am. And he ran to Eli's room and he says, here I am. You called me. And so (laughs) Eli's like, I didn't call. Lie down. (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but if somebody wakes me up out of a dead sleep for no reason, I get very angry. Okay. (laughs) I really do. I get very, very angry about that. So hopefully, hopefully Eli was a little bit more patient than I would have been in this circumstance. So it says that Samuel went and laid down again after he realized Eli didn't call him. So then again, Yahweh calls Samuel in verse six, Samuel. So Samuel jumps up out of bed and goes to Eli and he says, here I am. You called me. (laughs) Eli wakes up again and he's like, I didn't call you, my son lie down again. <laughs> so, Oh, it's just so funny. It's so funny to me because I know how I would respond in this situation. I'd be like, get your butt out of here. Don't you come into this room again. So Samuel again goes and lies down. And then it says here in verse seven, something kind of interesting. Now, Samuel didn't yet know Yahweh. Neither was Yahweh's word yet revealed to him. So this means that even though Samuel was a very good worker and he ministered specifically to Yahweh, he had not yet developed a faith in Yahweh. He didn't know Yahweh yet. And so that's why Samuel couldn't recognize Yahweh's voice at this point in his life. So once again, it says Yahweh called the child And he says, Samuel. And so Samuel again gets up. And so Samuel probably at this point is like, Eli is not only going blind, but he's losing his mind because he keeps forgetting that he's calling me. (laughs) This this is what I would be thinking anyway. But it's also nice. Like It kind of shows a little bit about Samuel's character, right? Because Samuel was not angry or upset at Eli, he was just willing to do the work. It shows that Samuel truly was a good worker. So anyway, once again, Samuel goes into Eli's room and he's like, I'm here. You definitely called me. And so Eli now perceives that Yahweh had called the child because this happens a third time, you know. And so Eli realizes this is definitely God's voice. And maybe it's because at some point in time, Eli himself recognized Yahweh's voice or had received a message from Yahweh because Eli was not only the high priest, but also the judge of Israel at this time period. So I'm sure that he at least understood God speaking. So he tells the boy, he says, look, Samuel, if he comes to you again, then say these words, say, speak for your servant hears. 
So Samuel obeys Eli and goes and lies down again. And Yahweh came and stood. Is what it says in verse 10. And called as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Now, because it says that Yahweh came and stood, there's a possibility that Samuel received this message from Yahweh in person. Like it wasn't just a voice speaking to him out of the sky, but that it was actually Yahweh there in the room with him. Whenever we see Yahweh coming directly to a person, we know that God the Father can't do that because we would literally incinerate. We would die if we saw God's glory because he is so magnificent, so above us. Nobody can look at the Father and live. But we can look at Jesus. And so whenever we see Yahweh appear as a human, it is definitely Jesus. So it says, Yahweh came and stood, called Samuel. And so Samuel answers what Eli told him to answer. He says, speak for your servant hears. So then Yahweh says to Samuel, I am going to do a thing in Israel that is going to make people tremble pretty soon. I am going to do to Eli everything that I told him I was going to do. And what Yahweh is referring to here is the the prophecy that he gave Eli at the end of the last chapter, where he said, Eli, I'm going to cut off your household and I'm going to establish a priest, not from your family line, a priest who is actually going to love me. And I imagine that maybe Samuel was very confused about this prophecy coming to him. Because God doesn't actually say here that Samuel is going to be the next priest. He just mentions the, the curse that he's putting on Eli's family. And so I can imagine that Samuel is not only scared about all of this, maybe he didn't even know what it meant because he hadn't heard about the prophecy that God gave to Eli. But if you think about it, even though God didn't tell Samuel that Samuel was going to be the next like prophet of Israel, I can imagine that later on down the road, when Samuel remembers this meeting he had with Yahweh, he realizes why God told him this. Because God was preparing Samuel to be next in line after Eli dies. So it says that after this amazing meeting happens, Samuel laid there until the morning. This means that Samuel could not sleep after this happened. So I, I just imagine what's going through Samuel's mind at this point. He's probably terrified. You know, he's still just a child and he doesn't get it yet. But he gets out of bed when dawn arrives and he opens up the doors to Yahweh's temple. And so it says that he was scared to tell Eli the vision. And I think that Samuel, it kind of seems like was avoiding Eli <laughs> and probably was trying to get out of telling Eli the vision, you know? So it says that Eli then calls Samuel and says, Samuel, my son, what was the vision you had? And of course, Eli was going to ask Samuel about this. Who wouldn't want to know? And so Eli, I'm sure, is just very excited, almost like this fatherly excitement that he has. And so he says to Samuel, he's like, tell me the vision. And he can probably see on Samuel's face that Samuel doesn't want to tell the vision to Eli. So Eli says, don't hide it from me. God, do so to you and also more if you hide anything from me of all the things that he spoke to you. 
And I noticed that this was a very common, like, curse towards people back in these days. And it's, like, shockingly harsh. You're going to notice it coming up a lot more in First and Second Samuel and also the Kings. They say, like, either God do something terrible to you if you don't fulfill this thing or if you don't tell me this or, you know, it's a very weird curse that they told each other just like really flippantly, I feel like back in these days. So he says, God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all the things that he spoke to you. So Samuel, the obedient little child, tells Eli everything. And Eli says, it is Yahweh. Let him do what seems good to him. In a way, it's a very good response that Eli had, right? Because we are supposed to have that attitude toward God. However, Eli just seemed to, I shouldn't say not care about what was happening to his family, but he just seemed to almost have this strange aloofness with it, almost as if if he doesn't think about it, it's just going to go away. And yet God told Eli because Eli just ignored problems that was going on and, and because Eli was so aloof and didn't take care of the terrible things that were happening in the temple, that God was going to do these things. And even in the end here, Eli almost maintains that, uh, that mindset, that aloof mindset. But I mean, it was a good response. It is Yahweh. Let him do what seems good to him. So after this, it says Samuel grew and Yahweh was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground, meaning that everything Samuel did, God upheld Samuel. So the Holy Spirit was really with Samuel because everything Samuel said was like good, you know, good for the people, good for the community, good for the temple. Maybe Samuel was an excellent teacher as well. So this is just more proof of when the Holy Spirit is with you, you will succeed. If you commit your actions to the Lord, he will establish your plans. And that is what God did here for Samuel. He had a purpose for Samuel that he was going to see through to the end. And you know, this is very encouraging personally for me. Because when God opens a door, he's going to help you get through the door. So for example, like my podcast, you know, I get really scared sometimes that I'm boring or that I'm not teaching something the right way or that I'm just messing up God's word. And I get really scared about stuff like that. But then I see encouraging verses like this, where if the Holy Spirit is with you, you are going to succeed. And that doesn't go for just me. That goes for you as well. If you are doing something that God wants you to do, it is in God's will, and you know it's in God's will, then you will succeed with that thing. You are going to be able to do it, even if there's tough things along the way. I'm sure it wasn't smooth sailing for Samuel all the time. But even if there's tough things along the way, the Holy Spirit is going to see you through and you will be able to accomplish the thing that you are supposed to be doing. So to conclude, it says in verse 21 that Yahweh appeared again in Shiloh for Yahweh revealed himself to Samuel. And we don't know. I don't I don't think we know what happened 
again. Like it just says that God once again appeared to Samuel. So God started a relationship with Samuel, like a, a friendly relationship. So a couple things we can learn from this chapter is first and foremost, that if God is with us, we will succeed. And secondly, that we need to have faith in God. Because when we have faith in God, God will show us what we are supposed to be doing. He's going to reveal himself more to us. He's going to be more present in our lives. And that's what we want. We want more of God. So we have to have active faith because not only are we going to have a great relationship with God, but God is also going to help establish our purpose if we make sure to follow his will. Well, faithful listeners, check out the website, p40ministries.com and subscribe to the website because I have blog posts on there. I have emails on there. And I noticed that I have a lot more people listening to the podcast than I do over on my email list. And don't worry, I don't send you guys a million emails. I send you about 2 million emails per month so that you never miss anything that P40 Ministries or the podcast ever does. All right, guys, I will see you all on the next episode tomorrow. We'll be in the book of Acts. Happy listening and God bless.